morning. Good morning. The God of breakthrough is still in this place. So just step back into that right now. Because as I walked into this place, I seen walls coming down. I seen walls coming down. So God wants to start it now. So Father, we just come to you, oh God. We put our trust in you. You are the God of breakthrough. Lord, there sometimes we have to jump over walls. And you said you would give us that strength to jump over walls. And God, you are the God who breaks walls, who breaks down walls. Every wall that stands, oh God, before us, oh God. Every wall, oh God, that blocks every blessing, oh God. Every wall, oh God, that does not allow what is ours to be ours, oh God. We come against it in the name of Jesus, oh God. That God is dismantling it even right now. If you have a need, just stand up right now. Just stand up. If you have, you need a breakthrough. You need this God of breakthrough, oh God, to come into every situation of your life. Just stand up right now. Father, we just come to you, God, as a people, oh God. And we're asking you, God, we need a breakthrough, oh God. God, we need a breakthrough, oh God. We need you, oh God, to come, oh God, and dismantle, oh God, these walls, oh God. Everything, oh God. So even to this mountain, oh God, we say, who are you, oh mountain? Before God, oh God, you shall come down. Before God, oh God, you shall come down. We speak, oh God, to that mountain. Be gone. Be gone, even right now. Right now, just step in. Step in. Just step into the gap that God is opening for you. Even as we praying, oh God, God is on, Jesus is on the right hand of Father, praying for us, interceding for us. He's creating that gap. Step in. Step in. Step in. Do not retreat. Do not retreat. Do not retreat. I'm telling you again, do not retreat. Do not check out mentally. Do not check out mentally. This, even a little ground that you gain today, is the root of your whole victory that is coming forward. So right now, God, we just believe and we step into that place, oh God. A new territory, a new ground, oh God. Even if it's one foot today, oh God, we're taking ground, oh God. We're taking ground, oh God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah. 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 It's crazy in worship, right? When God is loving on us, one of the things I ask God is like, hey, God, can I love you the way you love me? What do you think the answer is? Tell me. What do you think? Can we love God the way that God loves us? No trick question. It's simple. If he put those same emotions, what is in him, in us, then the answer is yes. And he said yes. And you always wonder, right? Like if you go to that Psalm 63, just pull that up. And it says that in this dry and barren land where there is no water. And then it says that I'm gazing on God. And I'm satisfied by his presence and by his glory. <laughs> You're looking for water. But his presence can suffice you everything. It will just supply you whatever. So sometimes in that intensity of your longing, God puts in you, in us, is basically coming from him. You see, he, he desires us, and then we are able to desire him more than, like the same way that he does. Yeah, not part of my message, but it is. <laughs> you know, I don't feel stressed out that I have to preach. I don't feel that I have to speak at tongues like, like rapidly and like make things happen and things move. 
Because, hey, I'm just the, what do you say? I'm just announcing what he's doing. It's all about him, right? It's all about what Jesus is doing, what is done. And, you know, I don't have to do stuff. So why would I stress myself out? You know, in Psalms, I think, 68, one of the things which you said about, like, the anxiousness, right? If you go to Psalm 68, I think it's the first three or four verses, it says how, like, people tire themselves building. They think they're building the house, right? They, have, they awake early and they sleep late in the night. Now, I'm on 24-hour call, okay? So during this drilling season, I'm on 24-hour call. So I know what it is to get up early, stay up all night, stay up for days. I understand that. And at the end of it, it says, but God blesses them even in their sleep. With all your anxious labor, you eat of your anxious labors, it says, but God blesses them in their sleep. Go back, read that verse. I want you to know that who is God. Because what we do is like we think that we have to do something to please God. We have to do, 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 do. But we have, all we end up is like just tiring ourselves, making ourselves eat of anxious labor, and all we have is stress. And then we don't even receive the blessing because we don't sleep. You know why people fall sick? Because they don't sleep enough. Sometimes it's like it's better that we sleep because God is ready to bless us in our sleep. So it's like, you know, I, I, so I, I sat on that word and I goes like, God, as a kid, why do they tell you, like, you know, bless our sleep or whatever? It's like, we should use this word, really, to say God's blessing our sleep even as we sleep. You know, he's blessing us. And we just receive that. Because that's the word. I want you to know the word is the most important thing. Today, I, so it's, it's a lot of stuff, really. So I'm just trying to figure out where to go. Okay, go to Luke 1.5. I'll start there, and then we'll see. I was touched by the word like, of, like John, right? So do you know John, what the meaning of John is? John basically means graced by God. Everyone in this place is graced by God, right? You're in this place because God has touched you somehow or somewhere, and you just have that. That's the meaning of John. I don't know, John, if you knew your meaning. Okay, just, just ask. <laughs> but, but then the idea was like, I, I believe that we are at a time where the, Jesus is coming soon and that we are all being raised up to be like John. We are all being raised up right now to be like John. But for John to come forth, he had to have his parents, right? Zechariah and Elizabeth, right? So for some reason, more than the story of John, if I go back to Luke 1, I want to focus on Zechariah. Okay, it's kind of some things that catch your eye and then you just don't know why. So if I'm basically skipping like, you know, where Zechariah meets the angel and he says, do not do this thing. It's not because I don't like that part. It's just because I think you have to understand the outliers, the beginning of the story and then the end of the story part of it, right? So in the days when Herod was king of Judea, so it doesn't matter who the king is in the land. It doesn't matter if he's a good king. It doesn't matter, like, you know, whether they believe in what you believe or they don't. It doesn't matter. It's like there was a certain priest whose name was Zechariah. The meaning of Zechariah is God remembers. In just, just God remembers, okay? When we are looking at that sign outside, we are taking it back. What are you taking back? Do you have a list before you that what are you taking back? 
I'm just asking you. Because I sat down and I tried to think. It's like, okay, what are the three things? I said, okay, I kind of know, but I'm not 100% sure. So if, you, if I'm basically saying that, how about you? Like, I'm just asking you. You know, I'm not maybe the brightest of them all. But, hey, what I'm asking is, like, do you have, what, do you know what you're taking back? See, we have to first get that thing right. It's like, what are you taking back? Because even if you forget, as the word basically Zechariah means, God remembers. You may think that, oh, I know, I know this is what it is. But there are so many promises over our life that even if we forget, God doesn't forget. God remembers. You see, you're focused on monetary gain. You're focused on something like material gain. But God has so many things. He's like, hey, I bless them with compassion. I bless them with joy. When I have joy, I walk into a place, I spread joy. You see, when I have compassion, I'm able to touch people with that. That's what God has blessed and spoken over our lives. But all we see is a monetary gain, financial thing, a physical property, or whatever you want to think of, right? And it's funny, it's... The priest's name was Zechariah of the daily service, the division of Abijah. Now, Abijah, which means my father is Yah. <laughs> one of the things that, like, you know, I think Cammy started it. She said, there's only one thing if you had to change. Start with one thing. John says it a little differently. He says, filters, right? You use the word filters, right? Yeah. He says, like, what are your filters? There are a lot of things that we're looking at, like which we can this thing, but the single most important aspect of our life is God is my Father. You have to come back to that place where you know for a fact that God is your Father and that He is a good Father and He is always on your side. Like how we say, God of breakthrough, He's on our side. See, the minute you're not sure of that, you have to go back and say, hey, where you come back to that place where you make sure that you know God is on your side. You see, and that's, that's where we are always, is our filters are like, oh, I didn't get my way, so God, not really. You're not like good father. You're not really, you know, yeah, I'll say it in church, and, but, you know, hey, do I really believe this? See, we have to come to a point where we have to know this for a fact. Everything of us basically stems out of the singular truth that God is our Father. Do you know, how many of you understand when I say life word? Do you have a life word? Like, okay. So to me, my life word is, I am a son. That's it. It's not, oh, Savada has to go to X number of countries, heal so many million of people, and, you know, say, that, that's not my life word. My life word is just being a son. It takes out all the responsibility, but it has in, in me the responsibility of being a son. All I have to do is be a son. That's it. You see, so sometimes what we do, we put this yokes, right? We put this undue yoke on us where so many different things. I have to be a good husband. I have to be a good wife. I have to be good this. I have to, and it's all these things, but God has not put that on you. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Singular purpose. What is that? Sometimes we have to go back to that place. You, so what is funny about this Abijah? Samuel's second, I think the youngest son, his name was Abijah. You know, he was a corrupt guy. He died. God killed him. And then we're saying, oh, 
God is your father. But God redeems things. What was the name Abijah? That's the first time I think it's in the Bible, Abijah. Is he redeems that by bringing John through the same lineage of Zechariah, who's out of the tribe of Abijah. That's your God who you serve. He is always in the redeeming business. This is the one thing you have to understand. That it doesn't matter what you think you went through or what your parents did or whoever did, forefathers did. God is constantly in the redeeming business. You see, we have to know that for a fact. He redeems us and he redeems our lineage. And then it, so I'll just skip through as I'm going through. Okay. And they both were righteous in the sight of God, walking blameless in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child, for Elizabeth was barren, and both were far advanced in years. So what is crazy is like, I, 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 if I say this and if you find it different, please forgive me, but Levites basically start at age 30 and have to retire by their 50. Okay? That's what I have always, I don't know where I studied it or when, but... So basically, he's somewhere, Zechariah is between 30 to 50 years old, right? More, more, I would say, closer to the 50 year than the 30 in that sense. And so in that way, they're saying, hey, he just kept doing what he was doing. He walked blamelessly and all, but they didn't have the child that they were looking for. Sometimes your miracle never manifests even when you're living a blameless life. Sometimes we like, hey, we're just trying for, you know, why is this not happening? Oh, and then people have questions. The people are always the fun part, right? The people are the fun part. They add all the spice and, you know, yeah. So it's what I call masala. They add that, you know, the masala to the whole thing. And it's like we then start listening to them and we just question that how we are walking because we have not manifested or the what we're looking for has not manifested. And sometimes it doesn't matter. We basically have to still be like looking at God. Even if we are walking blameless, even if we don't have what we need, we're basically just going to continue walking with God, clean and blameless. Now while on duty serving as a priest, this is verse 8, before God in the order of his division, as the custom of the priesthood, it fell upon him by lot to enter the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord and burn incense. It's kind of funny because to him, this is the very ordinary stuff. Like, he, he, this is what he does on a day-to-day -day basis, right? It's like, hey, I'm just going to be folding clothes. I'm good. This is what I do. I just have to be cooking. This is what I do. And he's just doing what he's called to do in that. And, but... The one, the word that caught me, by lot, it fell to him by lot. The timing of God for your life, when you're taking things back, okay, you have to understand the timing. The timing may not be what you have given yourself a timing. There are a lot of people who work with that, saying, in the next 10 years, I'm going to be a top 40, whatever, top 50 person in the world, and I'm going to be influencer, so-and-so, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's good to have goals. But sometimes the timing of God is not what you have timed. And when I stopped at that part, I, I remembered my life. 
because I graduated with a graduate and I went to the Middle East to work. And at that point, all my friends started working in the oil industry and they were making money. They were making bank. I was making $60 a month, okay, at that point. I was working literally as almost an illegal citizen over there. Not, I was not a citizen of Kuwait. I was just working over there because I had not got my papers or anything, and it was just weird. But at that point, we like, you know, can you imagine your friends are all doing what they, you, you studied to do, and all of them, and I was like upset, and I was just saying, you know, and sometimes that is our life. We think that we missed out on God, we missed out on that timing, or, you know, God doesn't care. But God really cares, because 15 years later, I'm still in the industry. I think there's only another two people out of my whole class that still are in geology. You see, the timing of God, and it's not, it's what is more funnier is that I don't even talk to them. They are on the rigs, because that was the job we signed up initially for, right? You signed up to go on the rigs. I don't even talk to them. I basically call only one person on the rig who's the head of the rig, and I tell him what he has to do. That's my job today. In the timing of God, if you have to understand that what you thought was going to take you forward would never take you forward, but the timing of God when he opens the door is able to take you to higher places, what he has called for you. You shall tread on the broad places. That's what God has called us to be. If I had thought in my this thing, because at those days, 50,000 rupees was so much money, and we would basically work 21 days and then come back and spend those 50 grand, and I thought that was the end of the world, and I thought it was amazing. But God had a better timing. God gave me a word, and I, I didn't know how to make this happen. He said, you're going to go to America. I was like, mm-hmm. He, he said, he literally told me, I, this man, he doesn't even speak the language I speak. He speaks through a translator. He was telling me, he's like, you're going to be, go to America. You're going to be well settled. You're going to have this. And I see great wealth in your line of work. He didn't even know what I did. Okay? And this is God speaking while I'm really in the worst place of my life. Illegal immigrant, really, to say, no paperwork. They could deport me anytime. And God basically is telling me something to hold on to. You see, I had no power in my hand to make those things happen. But God. Only God was able to bring people from America. People came from Exxon, okay? This is how funny it is. I was working in this place. People came from Exxon. They were the top PhD guys, like, you know, who were they sent out for the regional studies. When these people come in, they study the rocks and everything, tell them where they're going to find oil, all that. Those guys tell me, it's like, hey, you need to go back to school. You're wasting your time here. They, I said, I don't have money to go back to school. Literally, that's all I told them. So they said, don't worry about that. They called professors over here, and they basically said, hey, we are, we are bringing you in. Okay? So I had a full scholarship where I thought that I had no money, I had no ability to this thing. It was so crazy that another guy from Chevron came and said, hey, here's what you need to do. I'll be your reference. And he was the country manager of Chevron in Kuwait. Nobody really comes and gives you their reference on that and says, hey, you put my name on that. And so that's how God works. When he, his timing. So in Zechariah's life, the timing that he thought was, hmm, I just have to do what I'm going to do. The same normal mundane things was appointed by God. Sometimes you don't have to feel the goosebumps. 
Sometimes you don't have to feel that, ooh, God's in this place. You just have to know, I'm called of what I'm doing. He was called to be a priest, right? If you are called to be a priest, be a priest. Do what you are called to do, you see? Yeah, I wrote away, when we think we did it, not really. <laughs> you know, because we think that, hey, I did all this, I went and met this person and that person, no, no, no. God directs our paths. And when he directs our paths, he brings people into our path that need us. Right? Sometimes we think we are the needy people. We are, do you know we are really needy people? Like, we never think like the other side that, hey, I'm getting into somebody's life. It doesn't matter what their bank balance is because they need me. Because God brought me into their lives. We have to have that kind of, uh, what do you say? I'd call it sonship. I'd just say it because my inheritance is greater than theirs. That I'm basically getting into their lives because they need me. Because they need to know the voice of God. They need to know the touch of God. They need to know God. We have to have that confidence that why we are, or why we function, or why we exist. See, it's, it's that part of it where we are like, kind of timid. You see, it's okay to be humble, right? Now, some people may not think I'm humble, but hey, to each its own. It's like, you know, <laughs> but hey, I have to be vocal about what I believe in at the right time. I have to be able to say, hey, my God is great. My God is able, you know. And it's not I'm bragging, but in a way I am. Because, but, it's, but the truth is, it is the truth. My God is great. He's able to do all things. He's able to break down every wall. He's able to make every giant fall. Because he is God. And I never did anything. And I'm just watching this show as he's making things happen, okay? So when we think we did it, not really. The only thing we have to do, number one, do not give up. In this fight, Zechariah basically never gave up. He basically stood, did daily what his routine was as serving as a priest. Hey, the, now we come Sunday to Sunday. Now think of it, if you had to go to church every day, Come on, you'd get bored. You'd be like, yeah, same seat I have to sit in, same projector, no flashing lights, no smoke. You know, we need something. We need something. My flesh needs something. You see, we, we basically want the thrills and the chills. And we won't want, and you know, and sometimes we'll pay the money for that also. We are happy with that. But when it comes offertory time, we're like, eh. <laughs> but, but, to me, that's what we basically do not have to give up on a daily basis. What my, my, my promise has not yet manifested. What I'm taking back, I'm physically declaring and I'm taking back has not manifested. What do I do in that situation? You have two options. You can give up. You know, have you seen people when they give up, really? They're still in church, but they give up and they're kind of like, they're offended at everybody. They get upset when nobody hallows them or shakes their hand. They basically just, you know, they, they, they literally sit and they sulk in the corner. I'm telling you, this I've seen it. I've experienced at church. 
Okay? I have 20 years experience, okay? <laughs> I've been in church where I've seen these people and you know they're carrying a, what do you say, that dark cloud over them and you're like, man, I wish you just go dip yourself in water and come back. To me, I don't have time sometimes to deal with that or sometimes I'm basically going to tell you to your face, it's like, hey, you suck and this is like, you know, you know. It's okay for them to know that, hey, you're carrying this dark, gloomy cloud and you think you're just going to suck the life out of this because that's the intent of hell. And I don't want that over here. I just don't want that. I don't want that. Even like, I don't want you to come in and then everybody feels sorry for you. And where everybody is supposed to be worshiping God are really feeling sorry for you. You've taken away from God. You've made yourself the idol that people have to watch. Is that what you're called to do? Nah. Exactly. Sometimes it's okay to speak the truth. Now, am I humble? Nah. You think like that? Nah, based on what I said, right? See, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'll tell. it's okay to be who you are, as long as you know that you're motivated by God. You're moving in the things of God. You see, you have to have the right motivation in your heart. And there are checks, too, to that. The second thing, do not disqualify yourself as a priest. Forget about you basically doing that. Most people basically on fire people who love God, who love God. I'm telling you there are people who love God more than I did. Okay? I've seen them walk away from God. On fire. Doesn't matter. They had like angels. It doesn't matter if God met them. There was one girl... Jesus would sit every day at the table with her, okay? This is, I'm not making this stuff up, okay? He would sit every day at the table with her, and they would converse to each other. Can I make you jealous that that is normal? And she, at some point, went through a rough time and walked away from God. See? What I'm telling you is not made up fable and all, saying that, hey, I can encourage you. Yeah, you're going to go to the end. You're going to be like easy and this thing. You will go through hard times and you will have to make choices where you just decide whether you're just going to keep yourself qualified and just say, I don't have what I need, but hey, I'm still praising you, God. In that, in that, when I praise him, that song becomes real that you do not have the full manifestation of what you want or what is your desire, but you will still praise him and you will still serve him. You see, we have to switch that thing from being a consumer society to saying, hey, God, it's okay that I feel good. And you know why I ask God the question? Because I know how when he loves me, how much he loves me. I know that. I know that. It's like, but I want him to know how much I love him. You see, and so I just, I just don't want him to know, oh, Sabata loves me. I just want him to feel that intensity of my love. I want him to feel that, hey, he's just so in love with me, I can't help but look towards him. You see, I want that, and I'm telling you it's possible for your life. I'm telling you that each of us in this place where we stand and we just say, God, I just love you. This is the best I can give you. I will give you. How much do you think he'll turn his face to us? 
You see, because to us, we want the things. We have to switch that from the things that we want him. We want him to be loved. We want him to just be showered. I don't want anything back, God. You see, because if we believe that when we are saved, we, we, everything that Christ gave on the cross just to get us saved, right? But then we want him crucified again so that we have our Rolex. We want him crucified again so we have our Rolls Royce. But no, in that one transaction, when he died on the cross, we automatically basically have everything. We have him. You see, we have to have that constant thing. We don't need this transaction again and again and again, and then you're not sure whether, mm, I'm saved. See, we have to basically walk ourselves to that point and not disqualify ourselves as, you know, keep doing what you are called to do. The very funny thing is about the next verse. And all the throngs of people were outside in the court at the hour of incense burning. There are people outside who are not in prayer. And they're very like, they're just watching. They're just watching. It's just, you know. And they're well-meaning people. They're in the church, but they're not where active prayer is happening. So sometimes we have to get used to that part of it and not, you know, worry about that. It's just in passing I'm telling you that. What, and it appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear took possession of him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your petition was heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you must call him John. One of the most funniest things is like when you go, I think it's Luke 161. It says, no person in Zechariah or Elizabeth's family was called John. Sometimes you have to do stuff differently that nobody else in your family has done. If God basically tells you something, then you just have to do it. You see, sometimes you're waiting to just do the same. My father was a goldsmith, so I have to be a goldsmith, you know. But what if God called you to go and be gold or draw out gold from people's life and just say, hey, you are valuable, you are treasured, you see? You walked away from an occupation that you knew. But what if that was the calling, what you were called to? If you read after that, it's like, I think there's a lot. That's a whole different, John's main life mission. John had five things in his life that he basically had to accomplish. One was to bring the fathers back to the children. It was just crazy. You think of John as this hard, crazy guy eating locusts and honey and only preaching like, you have sin. You know, we think like that. Right? Brood of vipers or whatever, right? You know? It's like we think like that. It's like John was like that. But now, nah, John had a real mission from God. And he just stayed through because that was the love of God saying, hey, come back. Come back. Sometimes the voice is not pleasing to what we are, our ears used to hearing. Sometimes we have to basically change the way we listen to things and listen to that message and say, hey, there is something lacking in my life. I need to come back to God. You see, we, we basically. The, I'm telling you, I, th I think I can say this now. As, as I told you, I have 20 years' experience. When things bother you, there's either an issue with you, which you have to first deal with, than the issue with the person who you heard and you're offended with. Try you first. And then 
decide to go. What happens always is something you listen to and you automatically don't want to receive the correction in your heart. And your heart is so hard that you automatically will say that person is wrong because it didn't match to what you want your heart to have. And sometimes we have to first inward introspection, have that, and then say, hey, okay, then I believe. Then you take two or three people and you say, hey, what do you think of this? And then you, you know, then if you have to talk to that person, you talk to that person. That's cool. Skip through a lot. That's fun. I said, God is calling us to be like John the Baptist as we are heralding in the return of King Jesus. Sometimes we have to know that the point of time where we are standing on that, where we are in time, that we're basically standing and we are calling people in. The reason being, like, I, I, I don't know whether I heard you say it or no. It's like, why do we go and evangelize? Right? Because God, as a father, sent his son to get us. And our brothers and sisters are still out there. If we see ourselves like that, it changes how we evangelize. It doesn't put a fear saying that, hey, are you afraid of your brother or sister? Like, honestly, tell me. Right? We're, we're not. We're able to just go to our brother and sister and say, hey, what's up? Like, you know. But that's what it is. What if our brothers and sisters outside, it takes away the fear of evangelism, but that change has to come in our hearts first, knowing that Jesus died for them also and that we are all one family. It doesn't matter what their belief system is. See, we have to basically have that. So Zechariah basically, now behold, you will, the angel is still talking to him. Now behold, you will be and will continue to be silent and not be able to speak till the day when these things shall pass because you have not believed what I told you. But my words are of a kind which will be fulfilled in the appointed and proper time. Now Zechariah sometimes said, but God, you don't know what you say. Oh, means it's angel, right? He's talking to Gabriel. He's like, hey, I know, but I'm old and this and that. Sometimes it's okay to shut your mouth. Right? We just sometimes need to learn when to shut our mouth and not say things contrary to what the Word of God says. If you, even if you think it's true. You see, we, sicknesses, I believe, there, there's the worst part of sicknesses is we basically constantly condemn ourselves saying that it is in my lineage. That my father had it, my grandfather had it, and then we add that little extra and said, that is why I should also. But no. What about that curse breaks? You have to constantly watch your words to what you are saying, because what we say is what we decree. We're decreeing, and this is how simple it is. It's very subtle. You didn't need a major revelation from God saying, hey, your words have power. You see? We, we should know this because Jesus was not shouting and screaming and saying, ah, he was just saying, hey, declaring the kingdom wherever he went, right? It was not like, he didn't have microphones, right? So he was not loud. Like I was laughing because I seen a picture of God like a lion, right? Now, no, when you think of picture of lion, and if I told a conference of people, okay, God is a lion and he's going to roar over you and all, and I will tell you to roar, okay? Now people are going to roar. 
you got to understand it because the valid point of that is the jurisdiction of the lion is as far as you can hear his voice. The, that's how a lion declares what's his territory. Okay? But that, and so you're, you're telling the people the right thing. Now, sometimes it may not happen the way you want it. If I have told them all to row, someone will be, ah. You know? But that's your roar. Okay, fine. But to God, your jurisdiction is what he's appointed for you. You see, so we have to have that understanding of like, hey, I could be loud. I used to be louder. I used to, I could speak without this mic possibly. <laughs> like, you know, but it's just funny. It's like, so sometimes it's like you have to watch what God is doing. And it was funny that I didn't hear him roar, but I'd seen him like, you know, shake his head and like, you know, with that intensity that he wore. Because, you know, Okay, God is lion and the lamb, right? And so when he's the lamb, he's just, everything is chill, everything is good, you know, he's innocent. But he doesn't want you to always just have that picture. He wants you to see him. And you know what? When he flicked like that, the face I got would look like Sylvester Stallone and Rambo. And I was like, God, seriously? Okay, all this is happening in worship, okay? So welcome to my world. But I want you to know is that God sometimes wants you to know that he is a warrior too. He's something that, you know, he's like, hey, he's not ready to just lie down and just say, okay, step over me and all. In your humility, you're able to even stand for justice. In your humility, you're able to even just speak the truth. Yeah. Verse 21, welcome back to the people. Now the people kept waiting for Zechariah and they wondered at his delaying so long in the sanctuary. You know, people are bothered by how long you're spending at church. Mm -hmm. Do you know if you went to conferences and all, people are bothered about that? People basically say, oh, you went to another conference? I'm like, hey, I'm just running after God. You do what you're called to do. Hey, to each his own, right? It's funny that when you're chasing God, people know very well that how much time you're spending going to search things of God. People keep track of you. Have you, have you heard this? Am I just touching a nerve or something? But I want you to know it's like, it's up to you. The woman at the well, what she ended up doing with her life, she went preaching, she went doing, but she went after God wholeheartedly. Why not you? Why are you just saying, eh, what would people think? The people on the outside, if you're encountering God in the instance, where the instance is in the presence of God, you're not even in the presence of God. You're where the showbread and the presence, incense sticks are being lighted. You're still not yet encountered him, but you're positioning yourself, and people are jealous of that. <laughs> how, much, how much more when you encounter God? Right? When you encounter God, people are just going to go so jealous of you, and I'm telling you, well-meaning church people will be jealous of you, whether you like it or no. Because they're wondering, why are they there? What do I need to know what happened over there that I can take and use in my life and like I have been in the presence of God? Sometimes you cannot mimic that. You have to spend time in God's presence. You know, we, 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 I can tell you, to go and heal people is easy. Everybody can do this. Mark, I think, 16, 17 says, if you believe. If you believe. It doesn't say if you're a pastor. It doesn't say this. But to encounter God face to face. 
You have to commit to waiting, as we are saying, waiting and just waiting and just saying, God, one day, just one look from you will change my life forever. One time I see you, I do not need another word to say that why I have to go and like reach out to the people who are lost, why I have to raise the sick and raise the dead. It doesn't need one more thing. I've had people all my life only had one encounter with God. Here we make it so easy, not when I'm saying here, not in America, we make it so easy that people are encountering God on a daily basis, and then, yeah, let's, let's go and have coffee. Okay, have coffee, but go save the rest. Right? Because we make it that simple. It's like, yeah, where's your encounter now? Oh, yeah, we had an encounter. I have a journal. I wrote it all in the journal. Sure, but that journal has to come to life and has to be manifested in wherever you go. Right? So we have to basically look like that. We have to be like that. We have to do like that. Yeah, when we're singing, this is what heaven looks like. Now, when you step out, let heaven look like you. Let heaven sound like you. Let it sound in your words. Let it sound in your rejoicing. That's what we need. Okay. We are almost there. When we encounter God, you will see visible effects of it. Others will see them too. Because he couldn't speak. He was dumb. Zechariah was dumb. Right? He couldn't speak. And it's okay to be quiet in the presence of God. Not to look normal to other people. It's okay to encounter God and stay there. My number one rule of when you encounter God, stay there. And be there until he's done with you. Others can go do whatever they want to, but you have to just be there. So sometimes when we say, hey, the service is going to go on, you're free to move, that's your choice. Whether you want to stay and you want to be in the presence of God and let him do whatever he wants to do with you. I don't have an explanation to that. And when this time of performing priestly functions was ended, he returned to his own house. Okay? With an encounter of God. And this is what I wrote. And he went about his business not saying, I had an encounter, now I'm better than you. Encountering God and speaking to him is the norm. I have to tell you this. If I gave you a new normal, right? We like that word, new normal. Uh, encounter him. It is your divine inheritance. That is your new normal. I'm challenging you, like I told you, that girl, she met Jesus, she sat with him, ate meals with him. It is normal. You have to desire that. It is what I'm basically challenging you. And this word of Zechariah, because Elizabeth means oath. I forgot to tell you that, right? Because her meaning also has value, because she has a promise from God, right? And the promise had to, of John had to be manifested through Elizabeth. Right, because she held on to that promise, even though he was not sure and all that. But in these things, I believe that we have to encounter God. So in closing, this is what I'm saying. If I didn't explain completely, Zechariah was still standing, doing what he was doing unto God. Encountered an angel with the promise saying, your prayers are answered. Still never seen the manifestation of the prayer, what, what he was desiring, and continued on doing what he did. You see, in all that process, that process can seem lengthy to you when you're taking things back. But I want you to know, in that taking things back, you may be way ahead of where you see yourself as because of God. Because God is encountering you. And so, even right now, like when he was talking about the anxiousness of when this is going to happen, 
right? The chain, right? Sometimes your ring of authority overshadows the chain. I cannot use the chain when I'm making my decree. I use my ring for making my decree and saying, hey, I am the king's son. I'm the son of a king. That is my power. That is my authority. That is who I'm called to be. You see, you have to have that decree in your mouth saying, as the son, this is what I'm decreeing. I'm not going to eat the fruit of anxious labors. I'm not going to eat wrong theology, wrong filters. I'm not going to... All those things have to reset because my God is a father and I have the authority. So in this waiting, I'm encouraging you, whether you see it or you don't see it, whether you feel it or you don't feel it, I want you to know that God is on your side. He is always on your side, right? Instill this in your hearts. Put it deep within and just say, hey, I'm not shaking from there. I'm not going to, like, you know, the dog who bites the bone and just not letting go, not letting go. I'm not letting go. Doesn't matter what the time looks like. Doesn't matter what the people on the outside are saying. Doesn't matter what my family people are saying. It's like, hey, you waited so long. It doesn't matter. You know from God. Now, stay the course. Hold on to what is true. Hold on to what is good. Let everything else just go. You're praying for family members. It's okay. It's okay. You're not seeing changes. You're seeing it go worse. It's fine. But know that your prayers have been heard by God. God is a God of Israel who never sleeps or slumbers. He has heard your prayer. I guarantee you that, that God has heard your prayer. Okay, so stand up with me. So right now, every family member that you're praying for, I want you to know that and rejoice in that. That is the realm of heaven we walk in. That is what heaven sounds like. It doesn't matter what life they're living on Facebook. It doesn't matter what they're doing on Instagram. It doesn't matter what they're saying over the phones. It doesn't matter. Our reality is in heaven's terms. As a son and daughter of heaven, we're just saying salvation. Salvation ring up now. Just right now, salvation to the ground. Salvation, even to shake them up out of their beds. Salvation, oh God, right now we release salvation. The power of God, the power of God, doesn't matter where they are, doesn't matter how far away from God, if God is able to redeem Abijah, he's able to redeem that, your son, your daughter, your grandchildren, even your parents, even your parents. Yeah, even if you feel right now that your parent who's unsaved or got even right now needs to be saved, we just release salvation. As a church, this is the authority. Praying with one another, oh God. Believing, oh God, for your miracles, oh God. Believing, oh God, that even right now the presence of God, and this is what we're declaring. Out of our mouths we speak salvation. Salvation to every person in this room. Every person on the podcast, every person everywhere listening, oh God, we just release salvation. I cannot do that. The Spirit of God is able. So we release the Spirit of God. So even right now, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We just welcome you right now. Right now, oh God, right now. Every kind of eye defect, every kind of eyes, any kind of like even migraines, oh God, anything related that you cannot even open your eyes, oh God, right now we're speaking healing. We speak healing, oh God, right now. Just receive. Just receive. It doesn't matter what your migraine level is. It doesn't matter. We're just speaking it. I've seen God just cut it like a sword right now. So just receive it. Just receive it, oh God. Just receive it. 
Yeah, yeah, just right now. Huh, yeah, yeah, more, just more. Yeah, it's okay to encounter him. It's okay to encounter him. We're just doing this once a week. Come on, just encounter him. He is present. Huh. There are discussions that people, I do not know who this is right now. I see these wooden chairs being pulled and people are trying to talk to you and people are trying to like even have a mediation with you, trying to say, it's like, why are you running after Jesus? And I have news for you. It's like, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will give you the answers. You don't have to be wise. So right now, just release that wisdom of God. Release the presence of God. So right now. Yeah. Yeah, Ingrid, I have news for you. Even Kevin, it's like, it's crazy that how much more is in store for you. It's how much more. I, I do not know if you have even received me. I know Alan, I think, gave you a prophetic word a few weeks ago. But there is so much more that you all have to do. So do not count yourself out like, you know, I said, yeah, from 30 to 50 years, and at 50 years, the Levite retired. But hey, welcome to the new kingdom, you know, where basically you can run and run and run. And I believe there's great things for you to do. I believe that this miracle that you're encountering is supposed to multiply. And so it released that multiplication of even your healing. And even in that, that multiplication of healing, oh God, we speak salvation to that entire household, oh God, that even right now, head to toe, oh God, from all the biggest to the smallest, oh God, in every household, we're getting related to them, oh God, we release salvation. We speak, oh God. So let that miracle be manifested in Jesus' name. So Father, right now, we just bless you. We just bless you. And we just thank you, oh God, that you strengthen us, oh God, while we wait, oh God. You strengthen us, oh God, while we're waiting, oh God, to encounter you, oh God, while we're waiting to see the promise, oh God, because, oh God, you have graced us, oh God. And John is always on our side, oh God, that you have always graced us and you have always wanted us to have these encounters, oh God. So, Father, we just bless you, oh God, that even as we go out, oh God, we pray the presence of God leads us, lead us, oh God. So right now, just... Just one minute, I just let the rain fall. I just heard raindrops fall. Let the rain fall. God's just washing stuff away. All that shame, all that guilt, even as Pastor Lena was talking about it before. Just right now, just right now, just let it wash it. Just wash it. Just wash it. Every disqualification that you have felt, oh God, even that you're not called to minister unto God, I just cancel it right now, oh God, right now. Even from your thinking, even from your thinking, I just break it off right now, God. Oh, they can do it. I can't. I can't. No, 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 no. You can. You can. You can. Yes, you can. And I just declare it, O oh God, even right now in Jesus' name, O oh God, that you shall run, O oh God, and you shall not miss the mark, O oh God. You shall run, O oh God, and you shall not miss the mark. You shall run, and you shall not miss the mark, O oh God. So even right now, just take comfort in that, knowing, O oh God, that God is on your side. So we just bless you, bless you, bless you. In Jesus' name we pray.